0: Hello Erica.
1: Hello Stephen.
0: It's uh it's Saturday afternoon. Um and we've watched not 1, not 2, but 3 episodes of Fury from the Deep. Episodes 4 through 3 through 5.
1: Yep. 3, 4 and 5. Yeah. Of Fury from the Deep, not the Fury from the Deep. I mm-hmm. feel like that's important to to mention every single podcast episode. Yeah, because
0: uh, you wanted to just keep going and watch episode after episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like this story. I will say that uh, all three of these episodes each had at least one sequence that was kind of tough to to, to quote-unquote watch from a um, the perspective of a, of a recon. There were sort of extended sequences that had stuff happening but not dialogue and not the greatest like description of what that stuff is Mm -hmm. um most of like the action-y sequences with the foam and you know some screaming and grunting and stuff so so yeah i would i would definitely be happy if this story came back because there are some some pieces where i don't have super great clarity on exactly what's happening but um but even so, I'm still really enjoying this story.
0: Well, that's good. Um, can you remember the three? Because I, I think we need to deal with episode five on its own because uh, you remarked at, at, while watching, oh, I wasn't expecting expecting all this. It's quite a twist in episode five. But what about the the middle two, episodes three and four? What did you think of those?
1: I, st- I still really like it. it. was It seemed like a really natural progression of... Of all of the stuff that was happening, you know, things got more tense. They learned little, little bits and pieces. More, uh, you know, Maggie walks into the ocean. What the, what the, what? Um, Robson goes. Like I was actually starting to feel kind of bad for Robson as he was just kind of losing his crackers mm-hmm. because he just he just broke under the strain and was having his authority questioned and just just lost it and you know wandered off and. The impression that I got is that he didn't get stung until after that happened. So he goes to his room, he lies down, and uh, and after he lies down, the thing comes in, uh, stings him, and then when Harris opens the door, he sees the thing, and then Robson runs off, and that's... is it, Do I have the timeline right, or are we supposed to think that, that he was going nutso because he was stung?
0: No, because he runs out of that as room like terrified okay. because of the thing and that that's that's an interesting twist because you would you know you'd look at this and they oh obviously the the power mad ruler of this place ruler um <laughs> controller of the operation is the one that's sort of behind the mm-hmm. seaweed invasion as well but it turns out that he's actually not
1: nope he just becomes a pawn after they sting him and, and take control of his mind, uh, I didn't appreciate in at the beginning of episode three uh, that the Doctor didn't just like immediately believe Victoria that the the. Um, seaweed moved Mm -hmm. like if the seaweed moved like victoria said blah 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 i feel like some versions of the doctor or maybe even this doctor on a different day would say you know victoria said that said that it moved i believe victoria like Mm -hmm. it's she's she's not she was kind of sidelined a little bit it toward the beginning and here she's not so much sidelined as disbelieved and then as we go on we're definitely seeing more and more of her like She's actually vocalizing the fear that we've sort of seen be externalized more and more over the past several stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's scared. And I can't blame her for it. I mean it's when you think about all the stuff they've been through, of course, like why not be uh, afraid of it? I don't think it's it's anything that she should be ashamed of. I don't like how Jamie is sort of keeps shushing her about it mm-hmm. because he doesn't want it to bother the doctor <laughs> like or him right but i mean he he twice specifically mentions you know don't don't yeah. don't make the doctor worry the doctor's got enough to worry about like you know what victoria gosh darn it your feelings are valid girl <laughs> like you <laughs> go ahead and express them if you feel like you need to um i i'm not super thrilled that uh, that they have change her this much because I just I didn't get that the timidity in her first few stories of which as we've talked about before but you know what if that's that's the direction that they decided to go and it's I don't feel like it's I don't feel like it's you know unreasonable because it's totally reasonable for her to be scared of stuff Um, so I just I feel bad for her and I I don't know it was was a little more fun for me as a viewer when she was uh, a little more into it (laughs)
0: But now that now that because you were like picking apart her oh, why do you have to be such a wet blaggy Victoria? Now mm-hmm. like you kinda of, it's kinda of manifesting itself and I'm like, oh
1: Mhm. Yep, it is. And like I said, I can't you know, can't blame the character for going through a bunch of bad stuff mm-hmm. and and wanting it to wanting to i can't remember her exact line like why can't we ever go anywhere like nice and happy and peaceful mm-hmm. and, and then I was just like you know what that's a good question i mean i can understand why we wouldn't watch that actually i would watch the hell out of that <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i would love to see the doctor and his or her companions any doctor and their companions uh, just taking a vacation and drinking some mai tais and you know going for a swim I, the second doctor like He's just ready to go for a swim pretty much any time And build sandcastles and that sort of thing
0: That kind of um, off topic a little bit But that that's basically what Star Trek Voyager is to me um, Because every episode of Star- Well not every episode But so many episodes begin with like you know Captain's log and Janeway anyway says Boy after a fraught few adventures We decide to take some shore leave And they all go to the holodeck It's like Star Trek Voyager basically is the show That exists between <laughs> adventures and it's them on the holodeck for a few seasons. So no, I don't think I'd want to necessarily. I wouldn't mind an episode or two of of Doctor Who on holiday, but um,
1: yeah. But in Voyager, something goes wrong in the holodeck, and then it becomes another yeah, adventure. Whereas I a,
0: holode- a computer glitch. That's the <laughs> biggest stress they have mm-hmm. from week to week.
1: Yeah, I just I want some some real like fanficky style, mm-hmm. like just very relaxed <laughs> Doctor Who chilling out with with their companions but no no we don't get that so so i like i said i i understand victoria's impetus like wanting to wanting to settle down somewhere it was nice to to hear, hear jamie say like are you not happy mm-hmm. with the doctor and me and she's like no no, no i am and it, it's clear that they all care about each other it's mm-hmm. very nice even even when they are sort of like ignoring stuff that victoria says <laughs> yeah. i mean she gets them into harris's apartment again by picking the lock once yeah. again with her hairpin i mean she is a useful member of the team mm-hmm. uh, i don't think the doctor has quite put it together yet that or actually, maybe he has by the end of by the end of this. That Victoria's scream um, had an effect on the seaweed, as we saw with. There's a, a subtitle to the or a caption um, on the reconstruction when they're in the TARDIS and the seaweed scoots out and Victoria screams, and it mm-hmm. says like you know after Victoria screams, it scoots back in or something, yeah. something like that. So the doctor doesn't quite. Put it together then, but I think he realizes it when it's when it's not actually Jamie's punch that Downs is a quill. 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 Yep. Um, so, so the Doctor's got an idea about what's going on. It took him a while. Speaking of being in the TARDIS, though, I love it when the Doctor does sciencey stuff. <laughs> this was fun.
0: Yeah, you, and even Victoria's—you know—I did the Bunsen test, like mm-hmm. you said, whatever that is.
1: I mean, her. Well, you know, using a Bunsen burner probably it, yeah. to to boil it or something. Uh, and the Doctor asks, "Is this still hot? It's not uh. hot anymore." So. So yeah, sciencey stuff. I mean, her her father was uh, was a scientist, so That's she true. may have she may have picked up more than just a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and doctors are, like using test tubes and like putting seaweed in mm-hmm. tanks and stuff, and explaining what's in the yep. tubes and. Yeah.
1: So Victoria has the you know the amount of knowledge required to to use a a flask and a Bunsen burner and and do some stuff, and Jamie has the required skills to look through a magnifying glass and see if or microscope and see if anything moves.
0: Yeah. Which he's good at. (laughs) Yeah. He spots it too. He says, "Oh, it's moving. Wasn't moving. Now it's moving. I did it.
1: (laughs) Good job, Jamie." Way to go, boy.
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, some some housekeeping, I think. Uh, you mused on the last episode how much Mr. Oak and Mr. Quill reminded you of the two characters from Neverwhere. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Mr. Croup and Mr. Vandemar.
0: There you go. And it was confirmed to us by listener Steve that... Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, actually, that was those that and web of fear were like formative experiences in Neil Gaiman's youth, mm-hmm. and that was a direct um um inspiration for and everywhere so you were bang on,
1: yay, well, I mean he I, I don't want to take too much credit here. I feel like Neil Gaiman just did a really nice job of of interpreting it like the feel of those characters into characters that then he created, so it was just a really good homage that mm. makes it recognizable yeah
0: and quite an homage too especially since the story doesn't exist anymore to watch so like mm-hmm. it's an homage to basically his childhood less than uh homage to an actual doctor who episodes when you think about it
1: yep but still still clear and gosh those characters are creepy like that they don't have a whole lot of still shots of them so we keep saying sort of the same mm-hmm. one again and again but at, not entirely there are there are a few but every time like the creepiness of those characters just comes through even in the still photos yeah wow just so effective
0: yeah and so so i wanted to find out this the actor i i didn't couldn't remember if uh if they were in any further episodes than they are obviously they've been in every episode (laughs) um but mr quill who is the tall silent one with the bug out eyes and the you know the, the freaky of the two when it comes to the uh the expressions he's played by bill burridge bill burridge mm-hmm. is like was like a career extra he appeared in just a few things often as just sort of a background he was in a few doctor who episodes as like you know later on he'll like a coven member or mm-hmm. someone in the background or you know just one of those mm-hmm. so so yeah a non-speaking artist um basically portrays one of the most chilling <laughs> villain performances mm-hmm. in doctor who history so good job bill burridge
1: yeah he's great there's speaking of chilling we got a little bit of moving footage uh which once again not all the bits of it but boy the the bit where uh van legends van legends um it gets taken under by the foamy weedy badness Mm -hmm. yeah that's another one where i'm like okay yeah i i might (laughs) i might i might cut that out yeah i thought that was that was pretty intense
0: Well, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously the Australian censors from 1968 or whenever they got this episode to review, um, they had two problems. They had problems with foam (laughs) and they had problems with with weeds sticking out of people's shirts (laughs) and stuff because those (laughs) are the shots that we lost. Mm
1: -hmm. Yep, that's... that's Gained, I suppose. Gained, yep. Well, we also saw um, Robson killing or incapacitating the soldier outside his door. Yeah,
0: because... In that shot he has the um, The weeds coming out of his shirt oh, <laughs> That's why okay. and the, the scene in the helicopter uh-huh. It's floating around because he's got weed Really? Yep weeds
1: yeah. Oh, I guess that now it makes sense I didn't realize I was like these are weird and random clips Maybe somebody was just really Against helicopters but no
0: No it's weed this is Australia Everything kills you in Australia <laughs> And they're afraid of seaweed
1: <laughs> That's That is very strange yeah. but you know what thanks australia i kind of wish you had more random fears because then yeah. we would be able to see more
0: doctor who i know they should have just been afraid of like black and white television or <laughs> doctor who or patrick troughton who knows Yeah, know but no so yeah
1: we get to see a little bit of patrick troughton because he was talking to robson That's when he true. was you know they cut out that whole little chunk and i could tell right away too as soon as it like switched from your telesnappy looking things yeah. to that close-up of the doctor I just like I noticed that the quality of the picture changed mm-hmm. and I was like is he about to start moving and then he started moving I was like hey yay me I noticed it's
0: kind of exciting isn't it when you <laughs> can sort of tell when a clip isn't going to start moving for a tantalizing few seconds and then stop again mm-hmm.
1: Yep. yep yeah that's it's exciting. I just i'm i'm really enjoying the way the story is playing out. And Megan Jones, yeah, she friggin' kicks ass. Yeah,
0: Megan Jones is like head of the whole operation. Flies in uh, in episode four, I think it is, and sort of like takes charge. And you know, she kicks ass and stuff. But she's also like clearly fond of John and he of her. And so she like sort of tries like the personal angle to sort of like see what's wrong with him when he goes. That's, well, that was a great little scene, actually.
1: It was, and it almost to me, it kind of felt like she's really sort of the the stereotypical woman who's had to fight her way up to to play with the boys in a man's world yeah. and so you know she's very sort of straight-laced and stuff and it she she totally did seem like she cared about him but at the same time it seemed like she struggled a little bit with the um with the personal aspect. Like, mm-hmm. she seemed so much more comfortable and confident when she was, you know, shouting at him or anybody else, basically. And uh, it seemed like while she had real affection for him, it was a little bit of a, a struggle for her to sort of try that angle. Like, she wanted to try it because that's because she's a really smart lady who, mm-hmm. who recognized that that was an avenue that they had not yet uh, investigated, so she wanted to give it a shot. But it didn't seem uh, entirely like a thing that she was real practiced at mm-hmm. whereas being in charge that was you know like she's really good at that and yeah. i and i also like how she comes in at the beginning and you know she's got this idea about what she's gonna see she sort of takes stock of the situation she hears here's what's going on and she says uh, you know no you can't do this yes you can do that you, you need to get out there and investigate um, but no you just need to take the company helicopter and not you know she, basically she's not buying into any of the hysteria I hate to use that word especially when we're talking about a woman being in charge yeah. um, but uh, but she's so she's not buying into it right away until there's more evidence. So I appreciate that that she, that she didn't just come in and suddenly believe everything that she was told mm-hmm. And then I also appreciate the fact that she, believed what was going on a whole lot quicker than say robson did in the first place because she's actually got her eyes open and is evaluating the circumstances because that's what she's there to do and yeah so i just i really i really like her yeah
0: she's (laughs) she's the next woman after maggie harris and she's the one in charge thankfully so (laughs) so at least we get prominent Women roles in nineteen sixty eight Doctor Who.
1: It seemed like Maggie might at this point also be in charge of something because she's you know saying to Robson, "Are you gonna follow your orders? You are right." And like, and then walks into the sea like, whoa, something something spooky's going on. I am very excited to see what happens in chapter six if like we get her back at all or if chapter she has six. sorry episode six.
0: You're watching the DVD menu on the front screen here, and I put Chapter 6 because it's Chapter 6 on the DVD.
1: Yes, so that's why I keep wanting to say Chapter. That's I have wanted to say it and caught myself and said episode a ton of times, yeah. so finally I have screwed up. Yeah,
0: These are the DVDs that I made all those years ago, by the way, of all the recons. I downloaded them, and then I burned them all into DVD and put them on to disc- with uh a, an image burned onto them that matched the d and then covers printed off the internet that match the existing covers of the um bbc dvd releases so our our dvd shelf is complete if you as long as you don't look too closely <laughs> because um there's fan stuff on there that's why that's why you're mentioning chapter yep. as opposed to d- as opposed to episode mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah it actually, it's a very nice looking shelf uh-huh. It they all match very well you did a good job
0: things oh mm-hmm. well credit the person who created the uh, dvd covers all those years ago mm. it's like 15 years ago
1: wow yeah i
0: burnt i burned off all the episodes that weren't yet on dvd as well mm-hmm. and and had covers for them too and then as they were released on dvd i'd replace them <laughs> but so yeah
1: nerd
0: yep and look we get to watch fury for the <laughs> deep for recon because of it right um
1: That's true. Yeah.
0: So episode five, it really changes. Everything sort of kicks off, and there's helicopters and a bunch of foam and everything.
1: Yep. Yeah. The like, is it the end of chapter? Chapter. Here to go again. (laughs) End of episode four, where the doctor says, you know, it begins the invasion. The
0: the battle of the giants. What a cliffhanger! Line. (laughs)
1: Like, I don't know what he means. Like, that the seaweed is a giant force, and humanity is a giant force. Or something. There's no giants, Doctor.
0: It feels like a hastily added line mm. because the cliffhanger probably said, you know, doctor looks up at seaweed in tube and you feel, <laughs> well can we punch it up a little bit and so he exclaims, Battle of the Giants. So <laughs> we're really like, you know, we're pleased any anyway And in but after that, but yeah. Yeah,
1: that it just it sort of maybe me- tilt my head a little bit and giggle because that's just silly Mm -hmm. but but yeah then then it does sort of change the the tenor i was totally not expecting robson to leave i mean up until this point it's really been a base under siege story Mm -hmm. which i quite enjoy base under siege stories are great uh and then suddenly it's like we just opened up like the world it just changed so Robson. Takes Victoria, which at first I was like, "Why is he doing that?" And then I realized, "Oh, that's actually a really smart move. Mm-hmm. Take a hostage that's important to the person who is clearly the biggest threat, the doctor, of course." Um, and yeah, and then, man, the the budget for this story just seems really like they've got a helicopter, right. and they had that like giant foam explosion into the into the room that looked like it was huge. Well,
0: I think the BBC got a foam machine at this point. <laughs> i You say that as I say that as a joke, but no, right. well you've you've seen mm-hmm. a future episode, Yep look at me carefully, avoiding spoilers of a fifty one year old <laughs> television show but uh but it features in in there, and so yeah, this is a thing that the b b c got maybe for some nature documentary, I don't know the history of the b b c phone machine, so basically <laughs> they had a phone machine on stand. I don't know if that inspired the making of the story. they could, hey, we have a foam machine, write a story around said foam machine. But the helicopter—that's a thing because you know those aren't cheap. They probably just got it for one day and just did a few shots. And probably the same helicopter as you reasoned, flown by Jamie and the doctor, is probably the same one that Robson (laughs) was flying too. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. Yeah. Helicopters are still a thing. Like, I mean, for my uh, Winona, (laughs) Er my Winona Erp podcast, Erp Chirp, we watched the the behind-the-scenes stuff, and there was there was an episode where there's a helicopter in it, and the the behind-the-scenes little mini episode has. Everybody, the producer, the showrunner, all of the actors and stuff, freaking out about the fact that they got a helicopter because, yeah. like that, that show is you know it's a Canadian TV show it doesn't have a huge budget. So they were just like, "Oh my god, we got a helicopter!" So now every time I see a helicopter in Doctor Who, I'm always like, "Holy crap, Doctor Who got a helicopter!"
0: Yeah, and this wasn't like last uh, you know story of the production block. There's still like three more stories in this production block, so it's all like this is hey, we got money left at the end of the mm-hmm. budget year, let's. Spend it on a helicopter. What? Yeah, <laughs> let's
1: blow it on copters and booze. mm They mm-hmm.
0: Probably did blow it on booze, but that was the BBC <laughs> back then.
1: Right. That, that's. I, I feel like their booze budget was actually like a sacrosanct part of the budget mm-hmm. that uh, you didn't dip into that to to make television. It's just like the bar. The BBC has its own <laughs> its own column in the books.
0: We're gonna get to that next season, I think, <laughs> in Doctor because it factors in somewhat in the production of the show.
1: Mm. Yeah. Wow Mm -hmm. Uh
0: anything else About these uh Three episodes We're not gonna You know what It's it's early In the day We might Maybe we'll get To episode six Um after the Oilers game That we watch Uh and and then we can finish off the story because it's no so fun to leave a last episode of a six episode story hanging like that. Mm-hmm. But any any other thoughts on this?
1: Well, first of all, we're not promising anything because we're lazy. That's true.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. But. We do have an extra hour to play with with us uh, turning the clocks back. So
1: that's right, y'all. You, you UK people, you did it last week. You're you're ahead of the curve. We're we're behind behind but we're we're finally gonna do it um you know there probably was watching three episodes in a row is not something that we've done for a while but no. uh i still i still continue to really like dr harris like him a lot yep, good. um i st- i actually liked uh van what's his name again van Luchens. Van- van Luch- i don't know why i can't remember that name um anyway I appreciated his character like Mm -hmm. I'm sorry he came to such a bad end he he was really just doing his best to try to make the best of the situation and try to save people and you know yeah he was butting heads with with Robson but for Mm -hmm. I thought very good reasons Mm -hmm. and I really loved his sort of loophole solution because he because he's um, just a consultant basically he doesn't have the power to authorize anything Uh, Or make any decisions But he does have The run of the facility As he says So he's like You know what I can't authorize anybody To go down and check this out So I'm going to take it upon myself And I'm going to do it And I thought that was A really selfless thing Mm -hmm. Um, I I appreciate that the doctor Was like I don't think you should do that Mm -hmm. Uh, But what's the doctor Going to do to stop him So so yeah, he goes down and he doesn't put anybody else in danger unless they follow him, which of course the doctor does. But but yeah, so a moment, moment of, of silence for Van Luchens. Van Lutyens. Oh, I even got his name right. There, that was the silence.
0: <laughs> well done. We'll see John Avenary again, of course, in Doctor Who mm-hmm. in the future. are we do more episodes of Lazy Doctor Who mm-hmm. on the Incomparable Network? <laughs>
1: is, that, is that your new thing? I don't know. Are we signing off that way?
0: i realize that we don't actually ever introduce what the show is about sometimes so it's like you have to sort of know about it beforehand because we're so lazy that we don't do that this is a show where you and i a married couple watch doctor who most of which none of you can see because it doesn't exist (laughs) and we do episodes about it and it takes our time and we're like almost almost all the way through season five in 1968
1: it's not radio dear like it's a podcast people (laughs) like although i suppose you know maybe out there somewhere there's a doctor who fan like listening on their google home or device on external speakers in their living room and their spouse just wandered in and he's like what are you listening to but he doesn't have to ask what are you listening to because you you, steven just explained it to the spouse of this doctor who fan in my fictional headcanon
0: yeah towards the end of an episode yep Where we review a fifth episode of a (laughs) six-part story that doesn't exist. Good timing.
1: Mm -hmm. That's that's Lazy Doctor Who on the incomparable network.
0: (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.